Well, good morning. And once again, we're thankful for the opportunity to be together. We're thankful that you're here. Look forward to studying together for just a few moments. Hope this is encouraging to you. We do have a few visitors in our midst. We're thankful that you've come our way. We look forward to visiting with you in just a few moments if you've not had a chance to greet our visitors already. But even to our members, as always, we are thankful that you are here. We're thankful for the opportunity to encourage one another. This week I was reading a couple of articles, and uh, I'll usually want to give credit when they serve my thoughts, and I can expound upon them. I've mentioned this to you a few times, but if you do, do not ever check out or visit the website, uh, it has to do, deal with a family who writes together. They're called the Fawn family, uh, and there are some preachers and elders and, and Christians who live up in Kentucky, and they write, publish five days a week during the week, and they're usually some very, very encouraging articles for us to consider. Another one is one of our uh, brothers out in Texas. Uh, by the name of Wes McAdams, and, and all of these things touched on something that profoundly affects our lives. You know, I was thinking about, after reading these articles and thinking about turning them into a lesson, how amazing it is sometimes that when we think about something even as simple and as small as what I'm holding in my hand right now. You see, technology has certainly changed our lives, and most of the time, in a good way. We're thankful for, even in a year such as last year, when companies are able to put together warehouses and robots and people all working together to mass produce things, even things like medicine that we may need, it's amazing to us. And technology has far exceeded some of our imagination. You know, I think back to, to cartoons and we think about things uh, like the Flintstones, you know, in the Stone Age, we, we would say, and then you think about ones like the Jetsons in the future, and, and we found some medium between all these different things that have changed in our lives. But if you're, you're like me, Hannah and I were reading a book uh, a while back, and it's about parenting in the digital world. And it made an interesting point, and the idea is that anyone who is probably maybe under the age of 30 in the audience this morning or viewing this lesson, we might call a digital native because when they were born and since they've been born, that's all they've ever known is living in the digital world. Everything was right in front of you that you could pull up at a moment's notice. You can call someone. You can find a map. You can pay your bills all within the power of the palm of your hand. And of course, one of the funniest things I think about that, maybe you've seen this shared before on social media, but the idea that most of you remember that when you were in, in kindergarten, elementary school, and into high school, when your teacher told you you had to learn math because you would never have a calculator handy, and now we've got a calculator handy at all times, so it kind of argument kind of went out the window. But it's interesting to think about that. Now, for all of us who are about 35 years of age and older, we're what we would call digital immigrants. You see, you remember a time when you would never consider carrying a phone in your hand, that if you left the house and something happened, you might just be in trouble because you would not be able to call someone. When we think about these kinds of things, and we think about the good and the bad of technology, one of the things that, of course, has come about is not just the ability to find a map and not just the ability to call someone, but, of course, the advent of social media. You know, statistics show, as people do studies, that 72%, 72% of adults are involved with at least one social media site. Now, we know that adults are not just involved. Certainly, kids are as well. So as you think about the people sitting next to you on your pew, if you take four folks that are sitting around you, there's a good chance that at least three out of the four people are involved in social media. Numbers show that as of recently, they say that there are 2.7 billion, b, b, b with a billion, p, 
people, registered active users on Facebook. There's a million or so active users on Instagram. And I didn't go through all the different social media sites, but suffice it to say that it is certainly something that we have to deal with. And so it might be pertinent for us that we even consider a lesson regarding those things. Now, it's interesting, you know, they're not all bad. Social media, of course, is not all bad. Technology is not all bad in and of itself. In fact, Charles and I have been talking a lot. We, and along with Brian, kind of run our Facebook page and make sure that information is up to date and we're posting things on there. In the fourth quarter of last year, we might say, from October or so into January probably of this year, we have had over 200 new people to like our Facebook page. 200 significant individuals. Most of the time, Charles and I have talked about We've said, I don't even know who that was. You know, we had 10 new people. We're not even sure who those folks are. Sometimes I know a name or two. They may be Christians that I went to college with or something who are friends with me and they see the page and, and like it. But some of them are people from Saudi Daisy and from Chattanooga and from Hickson that we don't even know who stumble across our page and decide to give it a like, a thumbs up, and then they'll get information on our Facebook page when we post things. That is certainly encouraging. It's not all bad. But the question we want to ask this morning, as we think about our lives and try to challenge ourselves, is what if, what if the devil had a social media account? Now, I don't know if that's what he looks like, by the way, in case you didn't know. That's the best picture I could find. But, but what if the devil had a social media account? Now, that's something to consider, right? Here's what I want to suggest to you before we get into the meat of our lesson. I think we can know if the devil had a social media account what it would look like. Because you know me, right? I mean, if you know me and we're not even that close but we talk for maybe a couple of Sundays in a row and then you decide to friend me on Facebook, you can know what to expect from me. There's probably going to be things about the University of Alabama, the most recent national champions in football, by the way, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, you would know that there are pictures of my family. There are pictures of my kids. You might see pictures of disc golf and us playing disc golf. That's something that we enjoy doing together. You would know what to expect if you went to my Facebook page. I think the same can be true of the devil as well. I think we could know that if the devil had a social media account, what it might look like, and we can think about those things. Now, I want you to understand before we go any further, this is absolutely a lesson for everyone. As I look across the audience, I know some of you don't have social media. You may not have cell phones, and that's uh, perfectly fine, or you may not use your cell phone in that way. But think about some of the other lessons we have from time to time. We have lessons on mothers, right, and on fathers, and those don't apply to everybody in a sense. We have lessons for parents. We have lessons about marriage. Those don't apply to everyone, but maybe other people can take uh, application from those lessons. So I would challenge you as we get into it here that even if you don't have a social media account or even if you're not active in your social media account, that you might consider these things. What if the devil had a social media account? And I want you to know that, of course, I try to do it as I'm preparing the lesson, but let's prepare our toes here as we think about what we're going to get into. Number one, if the devil had a social media account, I might imagine that he might share some things on there that might not be true. Do you remember what Jesus said in John chapter 8 and verse number 44? That the devil is the father of lies. So I would say that he might share things from time to time that are not true. They might not be true, but he would say, it sure does prove my point. Does that sound like something that we have ever done? I know that fake news is sometimes attributed to a specific person or maybe to politics in particular. 
But it's very easy to understand that social media played a part in what might be considered fake news. People share things all the time. You know, you, again, you imagine, you may remember a time when you had to take a picture and then you had to pull this roll of film out of your, out of your camera and take it somewhere and somebody produced those pictures and gave them back to you. Now you can take a picture that you please, any picture that you please, and with the advent of things like Photoshop, you can turn it into whatever you want to. You know, it's interesting from time to time. Maybe you've seen some of these. A politician has, all a politician has to do is do this. And someone takes social media and they turn it into something like this. And next thing you know, they say, well, they're, they're promoting the Germans and Nazism. And it's not true, but it, it seems that way because someone can make a picture look like anything. See, I think if the devil had a social media account, he might share things that are not true because they help prove his point. Maybe he meant to, maybe he didn't mean to. But as we begin to turn this around on us and ask ourselves, do we, even as social media users, or maybe you're not, do we sometimes share or say things that are not true? Maybe we don't intend to, but it's all the more reason to be careful and to be diligent with the things that we share and the things that we say. Number two, I imagine if the devil had a social media account that he would share things that makes people tear each other down. And of course, that would be on the opposite side of things that build each other up. Now, as I look around the room again, I think about all of our usage, and I'm friends with some of you that are on there. Many of you share things from time to time that are encouraging and try to build one another up. And that's important because I think the devil would just try to make people tear each other down or tear each other apart. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse number 19. When words are many, transgression is not lacking. When words are many, transgression is not lacking. You see, the devil, if he had a social media account, he would probably be very active and try to keep us very active in it. Because when we are, chances are good we're going to find things that are not true. And chances are good we're going to share things that might tear each other down. And I would submit to you as we go through these things, and this point in particular as well, not just Christian to Christian, but even amongst the world. You see, if we're not careful, sometimes we'll make a distinction. We'll say, well, I'm kind to other Christians, but there are other people, you know, they, they need that. They had it coming. And then other people talk about letting our light shine on social media. It's a fine balance. It's a struggle from time to time. But I think if the devil had a social media account, he would. He would be encouraging us, and he would be doing things that would tear each other apart. You know, I think it may have been prayed for just a few moments ago by Bob, and, and I've heard it prayed here very often quite recently of those folks who would say, help our country be healed. Help Christians be healed. Help all of us be united. If we mean that, then we can't pray that on Sunday or on Wednesday and then turn around the rest of the week and use our social media accounts and our influence to then tear each other apart. If the devil had a social media account, he might do this. Do we do it as well from time to time? Number three, if the devil had a social media account, I would assume, I would guess, that he might share things that he, he would be the one to chime in on everything, if you will. He would be the one who would be trying to make sure that people knew what he knew and that people knew that he was right about everything. He would be trying to make sure that everyone knew that he was right and what, that he was righteous about all of these things. You know, there's an interesting uh, verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse number 14. 
2 Corinthians chapter 11 in verse number 14 where Paul is speaking to those in Corinth about false teachers. You know, the Apostle Paul was a great man. We know that. We take his writings and we do our best to follow after them as they are inspired by the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul did a lot of bad things and he did a lot of good things. But as he was going around, there were folks who were trying to tear him down. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he's speaking about some of these false prophets, these false people who would be preaching against what Paul is trying to say and do. And he says in verse number 14 of chapter 11 that even the devil is able to, notice, transform himself, at least in the New King James, the word is used, transform himself into an angel of light. And we say, well, that's, that's crazy. Everyone knows who the devil is. Everyone knows that, that he is the prince of darkness. He can't, he can't masquerade as an angel of light. But Paul says it sure seems to be the case that he tries. Once again, are we like that sometimes as Christians? We are one way and then another. He's able to transform himself. Do we as well sometimes? I think if the devil had a social media account, he would chime in on everything. He would want to be sure that everyone else knew what he knew because he was right and he was righteous. He would need to step in on the politics. He would need to step in on everything else that doesn't even matter because he wants to be sure that everyone is drawing attention to him. And, as that verse is pointing out, because he can seem to be a good person doing good things. Hopefully we won't fall into that same trap. Hopefully we don't feel the need to chime in on everything and every single issue. Let me just say again, it's a fine balance that we all have to, we all have to define for ourselves. I know some folks who would say, well, that person is wrong. They are blatantly spewing lies and they need to be told that. Well, yeah, kind of, but maybe Facebook is not the best place to do that. Maybe social media is not the best place to have that conversation. We certainly, absolutely want to stand up for the truth, but we have to be careful how we do that. And chiming in on everything, maybe on Facebook, is not always the best way to do that. Number four, if the devil had a social media account, I would assume and think that he would share things that promote shows, music's, Music, movies, and books that are probably actually questionable in content. You know, if we're not careful, a lot of times we say, well, they're not bad. They're not that bad. But we know down inside that they're a little questionable. They're not sharing things. Those things do not promote good ideas. And let me tell you, I know it's tough, okay? We have access. We have accounts with some of those things. And there comes a time from week to week where we sit down at night, my, my wife and I, and we sit on the couch after the kids are gone to bed, and we want to watch TV together. And we start browsing through, and 20 minutes later, I've not clicked on anything yet. And she gets mad at me for just going past show, past show, past show. But I'm telling her, I know because I've heard people talk about, or I've seen you know, a preview or a commercial for on regular television. That's not a good show. That's not a good show. I don't think that's got a lot good in it. And you just go through all of them. I know. It's frustrating. But we also have to protect our influence. We have to protect our hearts and minds with what we watch and what we observe because what happens is, I think the devil would do this, but I even see Christians from time to time who would share these things and say, hey, you need to watch this show. And again, I've seen something somewhere else. There's websites, by the way. We know the internet's not all bad. I can give you some suggestions. There's websites and places and apps that will share with you. They'll pay people employees to watch movies and things and then kind of report on it and they can tell you if it's good or not for your kids if it's good or not for you 
You can, uh, you can observe these things. You can find them out. I can tell you sometimes. I see a Christian share that. And I'm like, really? They would share that people should watch that because I've not watched it. But I know from what other people have said that it's full of questionable content. You remember in Acts chapter 11 and verse number 21, as Paul is getting there to Athens and he's getting ready to go and preach at, at Mars Hill at the Areopagus, in Acts chapter 7 and verse 21, it is made mention that the Athenians are interested in any or every new thing. You see, I'm afraid that's what we find ourselves in. We, we're always looking for the greatest and the latest and the best new thing. And we see in this context, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that it seems like that's not a good thing to partake in. That if we're only looking for the newest thing to talk about or the hottest thing to talk about, chances are that's something we might not should be involved in. And so I see that as Paul is going to preach to these folks, it seems like in contrast, that's not what we should be about. But let's go a step further. It's interesting that Acts chapter 17 and verse 21 comes after Acts 17 and verse 11. Do you remember the example that is given there? That the Bereans are more noble than those in Thessalonica because they are searching the Scriptures daily. You see, they're not after every new thing. They're not after the newest TV show or the newest album or the newest book that's full of questionable and sinful content. They are after the Word of God. Does that describe you or your social media account or your life? We've challenged you this year, even by simply just a little positive peer pressure, trying to put up a banner that we can all sign our names to. But is that what we're filling our minds with? Or is it the questionable things of this world? You see, if the devil had a social media account, I think that he would be sharing these things that are questionable. And by extension, asking Christians to do the same thing. Number five. If the devil had a social media account, I think he would be willing to share things that show how awful the world can be from time to time. And not just, not just unbelievers, not just infidels, not just people that don't go to church services or claim to follow God, but even Christians. And not just Christians against those people, but Christians against each other. You see, all the devil has to do is convince us to not work together to save souls. All the devil has to do is convince us to be involved in economics, to be involved in the environment, to be involved in politics, and not worry about working together. And we begin to distrust one another, and we see just how awful the world can be. In James chapter 3 and verse number 16, James says, For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Self-seeking, confusion, every evil thing. You see, this world is. It's full of dark things. It's full of bad people. It's full of death and dying. I think if the devil had a social media account, he would keep those things being shared over and over again so that they populate our timeline in our lives. And by the way, they set up camp in our brains. And that's all we can think about. And we walk around and we become cynical, which is a problem that I have. It's easy to look at the world around us and say, there's nothing we can do. You know, I mean, I'm going to keep preaching. I'm going to keep trying to encourage my brothers and sisters, but there's not much I can do. This is the part that stepped on my toes. The devil would share things that remind us how awful the world can be, and it can be. But is that the only thing? Or can we do better? Can we encourage others to do better? Number six, if the devil had a social media account, I think he would share things that are simply trying to get under other people's skin. Snarky, sarcastic, 
rude, provoking one another. Again, a couple of passages. Galatians chapter, 5, Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 26 says, Let us not provoke one another, that we don't need to be provoking one another. Galatians 5 verse 26. But you say, but preacher, wait a minute. We go to Hebrews chapter 10 verses 24 and 25 and the Hebrew writer says, Let us provoke one another. Well, I hope you understand the idea. We should not poke and prod and encourage one another and try to get people riled up, but certainly we should promote Provoke one another, as the Hebrew writer says, unto love and good works. To being together and encouraging one another. The things that we share, are they snarky, sarcastic, or rude? And in case you didn't know, and even if you're not on social media, if you use a phone and share text messages, you know that you can't understand tone from just words on a screen, right? So maybe you don't mean them that way, but they can come off. That way, I think I've used the example in Bible class before that I, I've always it's always sounded funny in my head where someone uses the word please. You know, I had a coworker that when I worked for the steel company that would say from time to time, "Would you please do something?" Well, I would always I would always hear it. Well, would you please get this done? You know, it was in the middle instead of "Hey, would you get this done, please?" You know, I use it at the end. It sounds much better that way, right? Not when you're reading it in an email. It's hard to understand tone from time to time, is it not? So we have to be even more careful when we share things. Now there are certainly some statements, some jokes that are off color, some statements that we make that we know are a little bit cutting, that are kind of mistrusting, maybe a little sarcastic. We have to be careful about that. But yes, we have to think about those things. And you know, the devil, if he has a social media account, I think he would try to convince us to not think, but just react. If we don't think about what someone is saying, and not only that, listen, if we don't think about who's saying it. If I know you're a good person, full of kindness and laughter, and we've only had good instincts, and I see you share something that sounds sarcastic, but I would go, wait a minute, he would never do that. He would never mean it that way. But if I don't think and I just react, the devil's job is a lot easier when it comes to social media. And how many times do we not think about who it is and what they're saying and what we know about them, but we just simply react and we find ourselves doing the wrong thing as well. The devil's job got a lot easier because of what he's trying to do. And then finally, before we make some application about what we should do, if the devil had a social media account, I think he would share things that ultimately do not matter. Things that do not matter. After all, he does not, listen to this statement, he does not have to get Christians to hold sinful positions. He just has to keep them distracted from doing the real work. Sharing the gospel. Preaching the gospel. Being kind to one another. Letting our light shine. He doesn't have to convince us to become liars and murderers and all these things. He simply has to distract our minds from doing what we should be doing. And then he's starting to win the battle. And to win the war. I'll be the first one again to admit, my toes being stepped on, that it's easy to be distracted by things. You know, and it's fun sometimes to just mindlessly get on and look at pictures of people that I know and their kids and, and grandkids. That can be okay when we want to just clear our mind for a few moments. But when we are truly distracted by social media and the things of this world, I think the devil, if he had a social media account, that's what he would be going for. Simply distracting us from doing the work of the Lord. So, what do we do? Instead of doing those things, which we can be guilty of, three verses or three passages from Proverbs. Number one, 
we should probably restrain our words. Proverbs chapter 17, beginning in verse 27. Whoever restrains his words has knowledge. Whoever restrains his words has knowledge. And he who has a cool spirit, does that often describe social media? He who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Verse 28, even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. Do we restrain our words? This is where we're going to begin letting the rubber meet the road and saying that just because you don't have a social media account doesn't mean you maybe shouldn't consider restraining your lips or your words from time to time. Well, Proverbs are full of so many short nuggets for us to think about. I hope that if you are reading your Bible daily or working through it this year, that you'll, as you get to Proverbs, look out for those things. This is one. Instead of sharing these things that are evil, these things that are distracting, these things that are not good, instead we should practice restraining our words. Number two, we should probably not isolate ourselves. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse number 1. Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. You know, there's been documentaries and things that you can watch, you can find, that tell us and remind us of how social media really works. How maybe some of the people behind the scenes are pulling the strings and, and, and affecting what we see and what we hear if you're on there. And, and those things are probably true, certainly to an extent. But if we're not careful, what happens is we isolate ourselves and we find that our social media accounts become an echo chamber. An echo chamber where we are only hearing the things that we agree with or only the things that we want to hear. Now, I'm not suggesting by any means that you should go and find sinful things or that you should agree with everything else. But it's interesting that so often we take a firm position on something and we never once consider or listen or have a conversation with someone who disagrees with that. Now that goes on all different fronts. Maybe who has the best football team. Maybe what side of politics you're on. Maybe what you believe about worship and baptism and about Jesus and about God. But I would suggest to you not that you go and you friend everyone and everything and start promoting all these ideas. But that we be careful not to isolate ourselves. Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. I want you to remain strong in the truth, in what is true. But let's not just simply isolate ourselves or we never have an opportunity to reach out to someone. You see, sometimes if we're not careful, we'll share things that we're not even thinking might close the door with someone else. They're going to maybe block you mute you or they can't see anything else from you so when you're sharing the verses after you shared this other thing that is sarcastic or cutting or rude they'll, ne they'll never see it because they've already gotten rid of you from their list it's it's a balance it's something that we have to kind of find for ourselves but let's be careful that we don't simply isolate ourselves from all of these things and then number three maybe instead of being like the devil's social media account we should take pleasure in understanding Proverbs chapter 18 in verse number 2. A fool, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. Sounds a lot like the way that people work today. Do we take the time to step back and be understanding? Even as we said just a moment ago, we rush to judgment. We rush to condemn people. And sometimes their positions are wrong. They are sinful. But do we take pleasure 
in understanding? Do we take a moment to step back and think? Do we jump into an argument without thinking about maybe the ways that we could approach that discussion? And think about the ways that we might answer if they say something that is incorrect, that is not congruent with the Word of God. We need to be understanding. We need to be thinking. You see, as we kind of conclude this lesson for just a moment, let me say once again, this lesson is not only if you have a social media account. There's two words in that, and the first one is social. So, unless you're living under a rock, you are social, are you not? Do you restrain your words? Do you take pleasure in understanding? Do you avoid the first seven things that we talked about? This is not simply a lesson for those that are in social media. This is a lesson for all of us, the preacher included. Do we avoid the ways that the devil would be, not only if he had a social media account, but if he had a hold of our lives? Do we take the goodness of the Proverbs and of the Word of God and display those things for the world and promote them in our lives and let our light shine? I'm not perfect. I know you're not. We've made mistakes. In fact, not long after I had been here, uh, just within the first year or so, someone pointed out something that I had posted on my Facebook page probably almost 10 or 15 years ago. Uh, in, in my interest, you know, music or movies, one of those pages that I hadn't even looked at since I first set it up. And I gladly said, you know what? That's probably not the best thing. That's not something I should have done in the first place. And I'll go and take it down. I apologize for that. I'm sorry about that. I forgot it was even there. Shouldn't have done it in the first place. None of us are perfect. We're going to mess up. And so we have to do what, but we have to strive to do what's right, what's better. We're going to say things and share things from time to time, both on social media and in our personal lives that we should avoid. All we can do is ask for forgiveness and repent and strive to be better in the future. And it's with that in mind that we're about to sing this song of invitation. Maybe you're here this morning and you're not a child of God, so you never put on Christ in baptism, and you don't know what it even means to begin to live faithfully. We'll be singing this song in just a moment to encourage you. Maybe you need to repent of your sins, confess Jesus as Lord before this great audience and before heaven above, and be baptized for the remission of your sins. It's there that you come in contact with the blood of Christ. It's there that that blood will wash away your sins, and you can rise out of the water to walk in newness of life. The Lord will add you to His church, and you can begin to live faithfully. You can go back on social media and delete some of those things and try to make changes and be better. You can become a Christian even this day. Or maybe you've done that in times past, but you've also wandered away. You maybe haven't been the best in the social media realm. Maybe you've not been the best with your family. Maybe you've not been the best in your life. Sin has separated you from God. We're thankful for His second law of pardon that makes it possible that we can repent and pray for forgiveness, and he is faithful to do just that. You see, God continues to bless us even in this moment with breath, with life, with opportunity. And we don't want anyone to leave with worry on their mind or their hearts about the way that they've lived. Maybe it involves social media, maybe it doesn't. We're here as a family to sing together and to encourage you that whether you need to become a Christian, come back to him, or you need the prayers of this church, we'll be singing to encourage you as we stand together and as we sing.